If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 697. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audio book of the same title, read by yours truly. Support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll. And, of course, you can purchase classes there. If you're listening to this on Labor Day, which is September 5th, 2022, I'm still running that great deal on my newest class, Radical Republicans. You got 60 bucks off. Just use the coupon code RADICALS, and you get the deal, right? $60 off, you want it, but it expires very, very soon. If you're listening to us on Monday, September 5th, so get that deal now because once this deal is gone, it's gone. You'll never see the class for this inexpensive again, so you want to get it. Also, you can purchase other classes there. I mean, it's a great way to keep this podcast going. It's a win-win. You get great content, and of course, you help keep the podcast free of charge. You can also click on the support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Throw a few pennies my way. You can click on the super thanks button on YouTube, little heart under the video if you want to support the show. You can do that or go to anchor.fm, subscribe there. Lots of great ways to support the show financially. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Give it that five-star review. Comment on it on YouTube for the algorithm that helps promote the show. And let people know you like it. Share around on social media and send me those show requests. All right, well, let's talk about the topic of the day. And, of course, this is a big one. Um, I had already wrapped up the show for the week last week when Brandon made his speech in Philadelphia on uh, the threat of extremism, right? So I want to cover this because I'm going to offer some things about this speech that most people are missing with it. Um, One thing I will say, and I said this on social media, I think this is his crisis of confidence moment. If you go back to Jimmy Carter, he made the crisis of confidence speech in the waning days of his administration. Now, Now, Brandon's doing this in 2022. He still has two years left. There's a lot of time to recover, supposedly, Uh, before the 2024 election, Carter made his speech much closer to the election uh, in the crisis of confidence speech. But I'll say this about the crisis of confidence speech. I don't think it was a bad speech. In fact, it's a lot of ways, you know, make America great again. I mean, that's, that's what that speech was. The problem with that speech is the perception of it. And I think that's going to be the biggest issue with the Philadelphia Brandon speech, because uh, the the optics were really bad. And of course, leading up to it, it was all about how the United States government is more powerful than any kind of political opposition. And anyone who supports Donald Trump as an extremist, a white supremacist, um, they are dangerous to America. Now, I know that after the speech was over, you had all the apologists coming out and saying, well, what, but wait, wait, he said this about Republicans. Brandon made it very clear that the only Republicans he really thinks are worthwhile are people like Susan Collins and Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney. Those are the Republicans he's talking about. Now, those Republicans, 
particularly Collins and Romney, are essentially Democrats. I mean, that's, that's what they are. And the fact is, he's trying to say that those people are the only ones that any kind of Republicans should support. Now, that's actually a death knell politically for people like Mitt Romney and Susan Collins outside of their own states. I don't know if Mitt Romney is going to win re-election to the U.S. Senate. I don't know about Susan Collins. I mean, look, they, they have uh, Lisa Murkowski. They have fairly strong supporters and backing in their home states. But the fact is, these are the people that Brandon was talking about. You know, this is when when Bill Crystal comes out and says he loves the speech, you know there's problems with it, right? He he's appealing to the neoconservatives. And this speech is a neoconservative speech. That's what it is. Throw you got to throw in some other stuff, right? The intimidation. And the the funny thing is the left embraced this. They embraced the dark Brandon. They embraced the rise of Brandon. They actually produced the photo that shows Brandon with the red, I mean, looks, it's almost like got the eagle, like in Nazi Germany. Uh, or, and it has, you know, this very imperial undertone to it. You've got the Marines in the background. They are the ones that created this image that the United States government is going to use force to coerce their political opponents, the Democrats' political opponents. This is the entire narrative that the other side, that the, that the Republicans and others have been preaching about the Biden administration. And Biden just walked right into it. Whoever wrote this speech should be fired. Whoever created the optics of this should be fired. And Brandon knew it. He was walking back the very next day. Comments when Peter Dosey said, hey, look, you've just called all these people, millions and millions of voters, a threat to America. Brent, no, no, I don't, I don't think any MAGA voters are a threat to America. You just said it the day before. Your, your Twitter account just tweeted that out. You've got, the, you've got your press secretary running around saying this. And you know what? All that stuff has been deleted. They've, all, they've deleted all the stuff about extremism and everything else that they can. They can't delete Biden's tweets. Those are going to be permanent. Those are out there, right? I mean, they can't get rid of that stuff. But now, they, they, but anything else they could delete, they're walking all of it back as fast as they can, trying to gaslight and spin and everything else. This is what they, they realized almost the moment the speech was done, because of, of course, Brandon's delivery of this. I mean, look, if you if you listen to any of the sound bites, if you watch any of it, it's actually sad. It's very sad to watch this man try to give a speech, to watch this man try to articulate, uh, you know, a thirty-minute speech where he stumbles around and bumbles around and mispronounces things. I mean, it, it's it's a really sad testament to the current state of American politics. And of course, Brandon was just out there a couple of days before that saying, well. You know, you got you MAGA guys running around with your AR-15s. We have F-15s. I mean, this is a direct threat from the executive branch. The other thing that I think is amazing about this, it is, in so many ways, an attempt, like in the 1850s, to paint your opposition as subhuman and devils. I mean, this is what's happening here. And this is very, very dangerous. This was, as I said, a neoconservative slash radical Republican from the 1850s speech. It's exactly what it is. Certainly he has some, some policy prescriptions in it, but they're mixed in with all these attacks. If you wanted to have a positive speech, we'll make a positive speech, but this was not a positive speech. This was a politically charged attack on half the population. Because anybody that listens to this, anyone that voted for Trump, he just called you an extremist. He called you a white supremacist. 
He called you all kinds of things. If you just voted for Trump, there were tens of millions of people that did that. He just called half of the American electorate extremists. Now, of all things, Americans don't want to be called that nowadays. They just don't. And they don't want to be called horrible names. And when you do that to them, you galvanize support against you. I think this speech, with all the capital the Democrats supposedly had after the Dobbs decision and all the things, I mean, Sarah Palin goes down in Alaska and we've got Kansas, you know, Kansas rejecting uh, from state action stronger abortion laws. All that capital that supposedly they had, I think, just went out the window with this speech. If Brandon was trying to galvanize support and make it to where people are going to go out and vote for Brandon and vote for Democrats, I think they just did the opposite. And we'll see. But I think this was a disaster of a speech, and it's going to be a disaster for the Democrats. And I think of anything else, the Republicans are going to capitalize this. on. It's going to be the gift that keeps on giving, and they will not be able to walk this back. But I do want to cover the speech and uh, cover some parts of the speech. Now, again, the, the setting... The chosen setting, Independence Hall, or the Philadelphia State House, the Pennsylvania State House, I should say, in Philadelphia. The Pennsylvania State House, Independence Hall, and of course the red lighting. Now they had the blue and the red, but all you could see behind Brandon was the red. That's all you could see, right? So it makes him look evil. It makes him look like a fascist. And of course all the memes and everything else are hilarious that are coming out about this now. They know, the Democrats know, this was a terrible decision. And they will not be able to live it down. And then, of course, you have the press secretary saying they created uh, 10,000 10, million new jobs. I mean, it's just the, the whole administration is a disaster. The people involved in it are a disaster. And this is what you get when you have ideology running an administration. All right, so let me read this. He says, my fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight. If you have a seat, what if you don't have a seat? I guess you can't take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America. Sacred ground. Now, again, the things that he's saying here is very Lincolnian, very radical Republican, very neoconservative. I'm not so certain why some of the right-wingers, even the Claremont people, wouldn't think this was a good speech because of the imagery he's using here. This is the same thing Lincoln would say in 1838. All the Lincolnites, he called... America. He said America needs a secular religion. If you take my reading Abraham Lincoln class at McClanahan Academy, I go through this stuff, right? You could go through this speech and pull out all the things that are wrong with it based on an original understanding of what America was, right? Sacred ground. It's like a temple, right? I mean, he's talking, this is sacred ground. Sacred. The only time that term should be used is when you're talking about a, a church, a cathedral, that's sacred ground. A government building is not sacred ground. But you see, again, this is January 6th was an attack on sacred ground. This is what the Democrats think. Hollowed ground, sacred ground, sacred. Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, sacred. I mean, I guess we need to take pilgrimages now and kiss the wall. I and mean, this is this is ridiculous stuff, but this is what we get from all the state worshipers. And this is what we have with Joe Biden. 
This is where America made its Declaration of Independence to the world more than two centuries ago, with an idea unique among nations that in America were all created equal. Now, what has he just done? He's just doubled down on the proposition nation. Again, I'm surprised all the conservatives don't love this. All the neoconservatives, all the Straussians. I mean, this should be red meat. Oh, yeah. That's what we are. We're created by an idea. All men are created equal. Oh, of course, Biden would say all men and women, which is the Seneca Falls Convention, right? That's the Declaration of Sentiments from the feminists in the middle of the 19th century, which this is, I mean, this is where the Declaration is distorted over and over again, right? I mean, th this is what happens with this. But when you take the Declaration and that one line, it's not about independence. It's not about state sovereignty. It's not about secession. It becomes an ideology. You've already destroyed the founding because the spirit of 76 was not all men are created equal. The spirit of 76 was resistance to stuff like this. That's what it always was. This is remarkable. Again, I mean, when I looked at this first line, I said, all right, we've got a Lincolnian speech and a Lincolnian message. We will destroy you. People that are saying that this is somehow uh, uh, not a call to action. I mean, or Lincoln was somehow a pacifist. Lincoln was somehow trying to preserve the Union or maintain, you know, through peace. No, we will destroy you is the message of this speech. This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known with three simple words. We the people. We the people. What did that actually mean? Of course, if you take my American Constitutions class, I get into this, read my Founding Fathers Guide to the Constitution. All this stuff is just nonsense. It's a bunch of stupid word salad. These two documents and the idea they embody, equality and democracy, are the rock upon which this nation is built. There is so much wrong with that sentence. These two documents and the ideas they embody. Now look, that's making the Declaration into a work of the Enlightenment. It's a secession document. It's a defounding document. Pauline Meyer's book, American Scripture, really does a nice job with this, even though her book on the Constitution, Ratification, has got a lot of problems with it. That particular book and how she explains this was not some grand pronouncement. And Or, or Gary Wills, who said that Lincoln revolutionized the revolution. Look, this, this thing that somehow the Declaration, that line of the Declaration is all the Declaration boils down to, is the Radical Republicans of the 1850s. This is Abraham Lincoln doing this. This is the Radical Republicans doing this. This is not what the founding generation thought about. At all. And I know, well, you've got, uh, you go, well, well, wait a second here. Je Jefferson did say some things about this, and you've got some people. This is what, you know, this is the Straussians. are going to come back with some nonsense. And look, you want to see that side of it? Just go read Michael Anton all day long, because that's what he's going to say. But he's wrong. Barry Shane's book on the Declaration blows the entire Proposition Nation narrative myth completely out of the water using primary documents. It's awesome. So you got to get that book. Tough read. It's, it's dense, but it's a good book. Equality and Democracy. Now, the Constitution is anti-democratic. It's an anti-democratic document. They said as much in the Philadelphia Convention. So how is this supposed to embody democracy? The rock upon the, which this nation? No, 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 no. 
See, Biden just confused the founding period with the radical Republican refounding. Right? We didn't found a nation in 1776 or 1788 when the Constitution was ratified. We didn't found a nation. We had a federal republic, but not even a democracy. This is this is silliness, right? This is silliness. We don't have a democracy, a direct democracy in particular, but this is the kind of rhetoric and language they want to use because they want to distort what America really is. A federal republic, this is where, and again, this is where all these people, I had this last week, is the Constitution broken? I'll talk about that again with the Feldman book. But this is where it boils down to. This is the problem. Some leftists admit it. The Constitution doesn't work with us. It's not democratic. It's not a democratic document. But here's here's Brandon running around saying it is. Because this is a neo, Brandon in so many ways is a neoconservative. He's a Hillary Clinton neoconservative, Joe Brandon neoconservative. They are why for more than two centuries America has been a beacon to the world, shining city upon a hill, right? This is the imagery. Look, a Republican could have written this. You you have certain things that have to be in the speech, and and Joe Brandon got them. His speechwriter nailed these things. But of course, but as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So now you're just saying, so you have these sacred ideas that are supposedly the founding of America, and the other side is assaulting the sacred ideas. They are heretics. They are against the religion. They are not true believers in the leftist, radical Republican American state. And they have to be dealt with severely. Who else said this? Oh, yeah, the radical Republicans. So tonight I have come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet those threats, and about the incredible future that lies in front of us if we only choose it. If only we choose it, whatever. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall, a flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, and civil rights. Now look at all the things he just mentioned there. All the leftist things, right? So again, he's trying to appeal. But, but the neoconservatives... And a lot of their acolytes and their co-conspirators and their co, uh, you know, their, their co-ideologues on the right would love this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Alan Gelzo. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. Abolition. See, it's remark. All these people. I'm, I'm almost guarantee it. People like Gelzo are going to bash this speech. They're going to call it bad things. Not realizing that their hero Abraham Lincoln is behind just about all of this. All of these things that Brandon talks about, all of this leftward lurch in America, it all goes back to the people that they champion. It's the true Americans, the radical Republicans, the leftists from the 19th century. They're going to do it. Guarantee it. Bill Crystal is already out trying to defend this thing. And of course, they're losing. I mean, they are getting slaughtered on Twitter and social media for even trying to defend this thing. Because people recognize it for what it is. Americans aren't stupid. They know they were all attacked. They know that anybody that supported Trump or voted for Trump or voted for Republicans, these, they're, they're being attacked. Even if, if Brandon tries to deflect and say, no, 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 no. And, oh, wait, I said some nice things about Republicans in here. 
but a lot of Republicans voted for Donald Trump. They may not like Donald Trump, but they voted for him because they didn't want Brandon. They didn't want these kooky leftists in power. And they would probably do it again. I mean, the Biden administration and the Justice Department, it's making it very difficult for Trump to come back. And I don't know if he comes back from these latest, uh, this latest political problem that he has and legal problem. I don't know if he can come back from that. But if that had not happened, I think that millions, tens of millions of Republicans, tens of millions of Americans would have pulled the lever for, Joe, for, uh, for Donald Trump again, and they would have rejected Joe Brandon. So the, the Democrats know they had to go in a full court press to get Trump. And this is an anti-Trump speech. They're still Trump is still living in their heads rent-free. They, they think that all this comes down to is Trump, when in reality they're missing the entire point. Trump was just a spokesman for something that's bigger than Trump. And I've said this before. It goes back before Trump. Trump was just the most conspicuous you know, front-runner for this. He was able to work it because he understood, understood how, to new, how to use media and social media to his advantage. But I think there's other people that would probably be better at this than Trump. I mean, look, Pat Buchanan was saying a lot of the same things Trump was saying you know, nearly 30 years ago. 30 years ago. But Trump was able to do it in a way with popularity in, that Buchanan never had. Right. So Trump was able to do it because he understood how to work the media. That sacred flame still burns now in our time as we build America that is more prosperous, an America that is more prosperous, free, and just. This is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. I agree with that statement. You're not normal. I mean, we know that the diary from his daughter is legitimate now. and She's made some pretty nasty accusations against, against Brandon. We know there's problems with his son. We, look, the Biden family is not normal. Joe Biden is not normal. Wokeism and all the things going on, it's not normal. This is not normal stuff. Most people don't think this is normal. They're trying to normalize the abnormal in America. This is, I mean, I agree with, with uh, Brandon on this. But he says the not normal people are you. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. So, and this is where, you know, extremism, extremism is bad. Extremism is, you know, not un-American. I mean, look, the founding generation would say hi to that, right? And look, all these people that he just, the radical Republicans, they were extreme. But that extremism is now, they were, they were called fanatics. Look, Charles Sumner was excoriated in Massachusetts for being too extreme. Those are the people now that are seen to be as normal, right? So we, we legitimize extremism and make it normal. And the fact is, the Biden camp and all the lefties are not normal. They're the extreme ones. But they're saying the other side is extreme. You normal Americans are extreme. And I'm going to talk about this with a Max Boot article uh, the other day in the New York Times. Um, and I, I thought this was fascinating because what they've tried to do is say that the left is really normal. Now, what does that mean? In some ways, maybe they're correct in their own little worlds, right? In the city of New York, in New England, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles. Maybe they're right about this. Maybe these kooks are normal. But for most Americans, it's not normal. The reason Trump was able to get so much headway is because a lot of people thought like this. You know, these people are weird. They're not normal. They're fake. 
And all this crazy stuff is not normal. Now, I want to be very clear. Of course, there's applause. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen to the applause, though, it's kind of muted. You know, people don't really know what to clap for here because I think they could see the disaster it was becoming as Biden looked like an idiot up there, slamming his fist, mumbling through stuff. It was horrible. Very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. So this is where he tries to very quickly almost walk back on this. This is what Bill Crist and all these people are pointing out. No, no, he's not calling Republicans, just MAGA Republicans. Well, what's that? What is a MAGA Republican? Make America great again is extreme? That's Jimmy Carter. You're saying Jimmy Carter and what he said in the crisis of confidence is extreme? Pat Cadell, who was a Democrat operative for years, is extreme? You've just said basically uh, left-wingism in so many ways, as I've said about Trump. I mean, what Trump's agenda was not conservative. It was you know, kind of a, it's a populist, kind of Whiggish, some ways, you know, 19th century liberal agenda in a lot. I mean, it wasn't really that conservative, but you're saying all these people are extreme? And he says, I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. Again, this is Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. These are the people that he wants to work with. Right? These, the Republicans on the January 6th committee, those are the Republicans I want to work with. Liz Cheney. I'm sorry, that's not her name. Her name is Ulysses S. Abraham Cheney. That's who they want to work with, right? And again, they fit. They're all they're all Lincolnian nationalists. They're all they're all just saturated with Lincoln myth in America. This whole speech is that. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, and that is a threat to this country. Now, look at he just said that Donald Trump. But more importantly, not just Trump, because Trump is a whole other issue, but the MAGA Republicans. So uh, the majority, but wait a second, the majority Republicans and Republicans are not, but the, but the MAGA Republicans are dominating the Republican Party. So therefore, they're a threat. Well, this is, I mean, this Lincolnian speech, what do you do to a threat? Well, you eliminate that threat. That's the whole point of the speech. Now he's having to walk it back. And in fact, he points, puts out a tweet, says, you know, I, I think MAGA Republicans are a threat. Then Peter, D are MAGA Republicans a threat? No, I never said MAGA Republicans are a threat. This guy is senile. But again, that's gaslighting. It's the spin. I never said that. You've got it in black and white. This is exactly what you said. People are seeing this now and they're saying, oh my gosh, this is the president of the United States just doing this? He just called half the population a threat to America that has to be eliminated? These are hard things, he says, but I'm an American president, not the president of red America or blue America, but of all America. Well, not the half you just said are a threat. You're not a, you're not, you're not a president to them. You're saying you're a threat. You're the deplorables. And I believe it is my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here is here in my view is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Well, that's a pretty big charge. In fact, you could say that the MAGA Republicans or these people don't think you respect the Constitution or the rule of law. In fact, you have so many evidence, so much evidence of this, so many examples of this. It's remarkable that this man would even say it. The hubris involved here, the hypocrisy of all this. You might as well not even say this stuff. But I think these, I mean, you just, 
did you you've legislated with a pen as your time as president in your time as president you've done this you've said you can't do things then you did them anyways this is a ridiculous charge a hypocritical charge but this is what you get when you have unlimited power coming from the center it doesn't matter if Trump's in there it doesn't matter if Biden's in there or Brandon it doesn't matter if Obama's there or the Bushes this is what we've created in America with the elected monarchy and it's why I wrote nine presidents who screwed up America Take my American President's class at McClanahan Academy. I go through this stuff, right? This is a symptom of the disease, which is unconstitutional government and unconstitutional executive government created by Congress punting its responsibility over and over again. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. The Democrats, after 2016, called Trump an illegitimate president. They didn't want to accept the results of it. And they worked overtime in the next four years. They got him impeached twice try to get rid of him. See, the Democrats didn't say this was illegitimate. You should, I mean, Trump is unstable in a lot of ways, right? We need to hold a new election right now. They didn't do any of that stuff. But what they did is say, okay, well, we control the Congress, and we're going to go in here, we're going to use everything at our disposal to get this man. And that's what they've done. And they've gotten him. And so this is the power of the fourth leg, the bureaucracy, and, of course, Congress, exercising its powers to try to limit the executive branch. Republicans would never do this. However, I think they should take a page from this playbook and they should start thinking about these things in the future should they get power at any time. This is, again, the danger of all this, though. When you start weaponizing government, and that's what can happen, and you stop saying that government is the Constitution is there to protect minorities and it's just about majorities, this is what you get. And it's very, very dangerous. And they're working right now as I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Well, of course, these are the legislatures passing legislation. Those are, but those are partisans and cronies, duly elected members of the legislature. These people are partisans and cronies. What are your people? They're not partisans and cronies. Of course they are. That's what all of this is. This is a smokescreen. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders. You can't, you can't make this up, right? Here's a guy with the military at his back saying, you need F-15s. But yet, somehow, the Republicans promote authoritarian leaders. And they fan the flames of political violence. Again, no self-awareness. Did the Democrats not run around saying we got to take it to the streets and fight Republicans and get in their face? Did they not incite Black Lives Matter's riots? Of course they did. They did all of this stuff. But somehow it's the Republicans doing this? That are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Was, was, was uh, Rand Paul not assaulted in the street? because of Democrats inciting violence against Republicans? Have Republicans not been harassed at restaurants and other places when they go out to eat because of these kooky lefties? Has not all this happened? This Again, this speech has no boundaries for hypocrisy. But again, this comes down to a Lincolnian nationalism. It's, it's ridiculously stupid. They look to the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger to the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. 
Well, they're still going to run with the narrative that the one police officer was died because of the attack, which he died of natural causes. But, I mean, he had to lie in state in the Capitol. They, they, they still run with this stuff, right? So even though all these things have been proven incorrect, they're still running with it. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. This is why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Lutig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. So they pick out some, you know, some establishment Republican and say, here you go, uh, this is the real Republican. Now, these people that run around uh, saying that, uh, you know, we are, we're MAGA Republicans, they're a threat to democracy. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. We're going to energize, okay, and we're going to go out and take it to the streets and beat these people every way we can. There are far more Americans, far more Americans from every, from every background and belief who reject the extreme mega ideology than those that accept it. And folks, it is within our power, in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. Well, how are we going to do that, Dark Brandon? Well, you're going to use force. I mean, this is what they want to do, right? And so they got to get him. And this is his speech to get him. Again, this is not something that um, is out of the realm of possibility. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They embrace... This is an angry speech. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility. A future to build and dream and hope. We're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know your history. This is a nation that honors the, our Constitution. We do not reject it. Are you sure? This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. Are you sure? This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. Are you sure? All these things, it's just, this is, this is just stupid. And I, look, I could go on and on with this, but I wanted to point out, because then he gets into some policy things um, that he says about workers. and But, but uh, there is a part in the speech near the end where he, he starts talking about uh, we're going to make things in America, and it doesn't matter what these white supremacists and extremists say. So, <clears throat> the white su so if you're against my my program, you're a white supremacist and extremist. He's he's denouncing half the population, calling them horrible things. He says it. This is what he says. Look, I know in the last year, a few few years have been. Uh, tough. But today, COVID no longer controls our lives. Well, that's not because of you, right? If they had their way, that would be. I mean, if they had their way, Fauci would still be telling us to live in our houses and never go out. More Americans are working than ever. Businesses are growing. More schools are open, except in New York if you're not vaccinated. Millions of Americans have been lifted out of poverty. Millions. That's news to all the homeless people in Portland and Los Angeles. Millions of veterans, once exposed to toxic burn pits, will now get what they deserve for the families. And the compensate and the compa compensation. They actually put in his stuttering here. I think that's funny. American manufacturing has come alive across the heartland, and the future will be made in America, no matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say. 
I mean, so anybody that's opposed to his agenda is a white supremacist and extremist. If you're against the Affordable Care Act, if you're against his COVID lockdowns, if you're against all that stuff, if you're against these things, then you're a white supremacist and extremist. And all the other stuff. I mean, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, but still, he goes down, my fellow Americans, America is an idea, the most powerful idea in the history of the world. America is an idea. Here it is. This is where I said the radical Republicans screwed up America. Sumner, Stevens, Bingham, all of these people screwed up America. Because if America is simply an idea, if it's an ideology, then we're all doomed. Because that's the proposition nation and the left wins that fight. This is where I wanted to focus on this. All the other stuff that people have talked about, the extremism of it. But this part of it, I think we need to get. America is an idea. And it beats in the hearts of the people of this country. It beats in all our hearts. It unites America. It is the American creed. Ah, it's the American scripture. The American creed. Again, a neoconservative could have written this. The idea that American guarantees that everyone be treated with dignity. It gives no hate no safe harbor. It installs in everyone the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can't achieve. And this is the work of democracy. The work of this generation. It is the work of our time for all time. Again, um, the, the nonsense here, the proposition nation, radical Republican nonsense. It's all over this speech. So I think at the end, I'm, I'm going to, you know, he, he almost wraps up right there, but this is the point, right? This is the point of this speech. It's a Lincolnian speech. So I, as I said, the neocons love it. The Straussians should love it because this is all about what they would say. You take out the extremist part that they're, you know, blasting. I mean, Biden would say the Claremont people are all MAGA extremists, which I would say that's completely false. I mean, they're just mainstream. Uh, but they they hitched their wagon to Trump, and so they've gotten this edgy kind of, uh, you know, reputation to him. They're not. But the, the fact is, the this speech is a byproduct of the radical Republicans of the 1860s. There's nothing, there's nothing else you can say about it. It's a byproduct of the Lincoln myth. It's a byproduct of the righteous cause myth of the war, which we're still living in. And all the things he mentions are all, are all a result of the radical Republicans of the 1850s, 60s, and 70s. You can't look at it any other way. And those people were very clear. They were not conservative. And this is the danger in conservatives agreeing with the proposition nation myth because this really is the end result of it. Brandon and the woke left, they win that argument. All right. See you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show.